This is Hammond. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. If you like what you're listening to, please go to Friendly, go to patreon.com slash Friendly Atheist Podcast. And we will do some thank yous next week. But for now, hello. How are you? Hi. Uh, are you alive this week? Uh, I I appear to be, but I could be a ghost in a Beetlejuice situation. So I'm clear. I don't want to comment. You How are you? Know. I'm okay. Um, I'm excited that the election is almost here. Oh my god, I'm so stressed about it. I'm so I, I, I kept thinking to myself, like I remember hearing like a hundred days left, hundred days left, and it's like, oh, it's down to like the twenties. Cool. Yeah, well, yeah, it's truly wild. It's submitted I'm, my ballot. I'm in. I'm good. Are you, Mikey, and I are doing um, early voting in person next week or whenever? Uh, do you want a happy story? Do you want a funny story? Do you want just sadness what do you want i got um, so many let's kick off with funny because it is 10 a.m and i've been up for <laughs> around an hour and not feeling especially funny or clever or charismatic let, let me start you off with this then a catholic priest uh in louisiana was arrested this week actually it, it may have he got arrested a couple weeks ago the story is out now okay um and he was arrested for sexual crimes that is not funny. Um, <laughs> but I saw that. I'm like, well, that's not surprising at all. What else is new with the Catholic Church, right? But wait. There's it's more? because it happened in the church. Okay. But that's also not weird. That's also pretty Nor standard. is it funny, I'd argue. Nor is it funny. But wait. It's because they caught this partially naked priest with a woman in corsets and high-heeled boots. But okay. wait. Okay, we're getting closer to funny turns turn. out there was another woman in corsets and high-heeled boots. Uh-huh. But wait. Uh-huh. There was also fancy lighting and sex toys and an iPhone attached to a tripod filming the entire thing because they were doing it on the altar. Oh, dang. And oh, the reason my <laughs> And the reason they were arrested is not because of the, I don't know, the kinkness of it all. It's because someone was walking by the church, saw them through the window, <laughs> and it is illegal to even have consensual sex in view of other people, like when they're not expecting it. Um, so they were charged with obscenity. <laughs> And they're all, the whole story is just that hilarious. So this is Reverend Travis Clark. Uh, This is Saints Peter and Paul Church in Pearl River, Louisiana. (laughs) (laughs) And again, they were arrested. All three of them were arrested and then later released on bond on charges of, of obscenity because this was occurring within public view. Okay. I have... Several questions. As do I. <laughs> Wait, so the the guy who got arrested is a priest? He is a, like a pastor or whatever? priest. Okay. Priest. And were the women he was with, were they sex workers or were they like buddies of his? I believe one was a professional dominatrix. I'm not sure what the other person was, but I have to imagine she was also. Uh-huh. Um, so I here's what we don't know and 
honestly, if this was anybody else, it's like nobody else's business. Cause I don't uh-huh. care about what sex he has. Right. And I don't care what gets him off. And I don't know what he was. Fil- this is another question I have. Why were they filming this? Is this something they were going to post somewhere is like, why do you want evidence of the thing you're doing in church on your altar, which a priest would say is sacred? Yeah. <laughs> There's so many reasons for not doing it in church right there, but also holding on to that evidence or whatever. What I like about this is that like, this is clearly his not first swing at this. <laughs> yeah, he has experience. Clearly he knows like, what you he's doing. You don't start with fucking on an altar with two dominatrixes. That's not entry level shit. And professional lighting. I love that little detail here. This is very, very good. He's filming something. This isn't like I'm keeping this for my personal records. This is... Maybe he has a commitment to quality. (laughs) He wants to film this like professional quality footage. Mm. I I don't know. Listen, if you're going to do it, do it right, Hammett. That's what I've always said. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. That is... and again, if this was like Travis Clark, the high school gym teacher who does this in his spare time, I don't care. But he's a priest who takes a vow of chastity, so yeah. he shouldn't be having sex, period. period yeah. <laughs> Much less the I, Yeah, go for can it. Can I be a little nitpicky? What, what, I'm kind of wondering if this is sort of a bullshit arrest. Like, was the yeah. person just walking by and like they were in front of the window or was somebody like doing a little peeping? You're not the only person who has made that comment that this is a bullshit charge because yeah. again, what are they charged with? It's having sex in public view. That's the, the obscenity rule that they got arrested on. And as far as I can tell, yes, someone was like walking by the church and they could see through the window. It's mm-hmm. not that they went looking for it. Uh-huh. It's that they just happened to see it. And it was apparently obvious enough from mm-hmm. where the person was standing that it's like, Oh, 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 <laughs> call the police. And so this didn't work. <laughs> this did happen to an unsuspecting passerby. Sure. And that is the crime they got arrested. Again, it's whatever hypocrisy you want to point out because of this happens to be a priest and a church, whatever. That's the church's problem to deal with. That's not the law uh, law enforcement's problem. But doing it, it's like doing it in a public park where kids are walking by. Like, of course, that's a you can't do that where people could see you. That would be, I think, a legitimate thing to get arrested for Mm -hmm. if, like, some family saw you in the woods. Mm -hmm. But again, so to me, I'm not, I kind of understand why this could be charged with obscenity under that statute. Right. And again, it has nothing to do with the fun part of the story, which is the utter hypocrisy of this all. Right. Um, So I I don't have anything to add about the actual charges. I do think... Uh, they were released on bond, which is stupid cash bond. And also they all face, theoretically, they could face up to three years in prison, which oh, is wild. That it is doesn't mean that's going to happen. Time. That is too much time. And it's not like that's necessarily going to happen. Whoever is prosecuting them could easily say, no, you can make it lower. Mm-hmm. But um, it, yeah, that's to me a separate issue here. I haven't even told you the other wrinkle in this story. Oh, there's, there's more? another. What, just to get through the other questions, okay. like who has to clean that altar? 
I kind of want to know where this video was going to go. I know that has nothing to do with anything. I want to know if he was posting this somewhere. Not Not because I have this utter desire to watch this film, but because I'm like, is this what you do in your spare time? Just like upload it to porn sites? I don't know. Yeah, I'd watch that shit. Was he hot? I, uh, I, I'm not going to comment on that. I'll look it up. (laughs) You can can be the judge of it. And here's the other thing I would point out. How on earth is this like the least scandalous sex crime to occur (laughs) in the Catholic church ever? But okay, here's the other wrinkle to this. Okay. He, this guy, Travis Clark, he is the priest at this church. He also happens to be the chaplain at a high school, like a Catholic high school that is run by the archdiocese uh, that runs that city. Uh-huh. So whatever, there's no indication he did anything wrong with the students or anything. I'm not suggesting that, but do you know why he got the job as chaplain at the high school? Please tell me. Because the guy whose job, who he replaced uh-huh. was apparently sexually abusing a minor and sent up inappropriate text messages to a student. That guy got fired years ago, and this guy took his place. Would you say the Catholic Church has a problem keeping non-pervos in their staff? Man, they here's the thing. Okay, the the guy from 2013 who got fired, Mm. screw that guy. That guy's awful. Don't what are you doing? This guy doesn't bother me in the least. The new guy. I'm afraid to hang out with this guy. (laughs) It's the hypocrisy. And like again, if if this is your kink, if this is what you enjoy, leave the church. You could do any other job and do this, and no one would care. Yeah, friendly atheist. The friendly atheist is not in the business of yucking anyone's yums like exactly. that yours. Do not care. Do not care. But you're the one who like put you're on the one the, who took the vow. <laughs> yeah, you're the one who put on like the fancy clothes and wanted to play. Although that kind of all wraps up, doesn't it? Maybe he likes to like role play. Role play. Yeah. Do it. Um, <laughs> and I. But the fact that the story said he was half naked makes me think he was not role playing a priest. He just happened to be one. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Um, I should say the one little thing in the story, the church considers altars sacred. Like I said, they had mm-hmm. to send over the archbishop, and I'm quoting here, to perform a ritual to restore the altar's sanctity. <laughs> so someone really did have, it, though. Someone really did have to clean it up. Uh, Christ. I'm going to tell you one. (laughs) I'm going to tell you one other story that cracked me up because then we'll get to the debate and all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is the, this may be the funnier story that I wanted to talk about. Okay. You know, you know how, when you're trying to log into your computer and it says, give me the password, you got to be exactly right. Mm-hmm. Like if it's uppercase or lowercase, you got to be right. The number, mm-hmm. the symbols, whatever. And if you don't give it perfectly, your computer won't let you in. That's Are how you a good explaining to me the concept of passwords. Yes. Okay. okay. So the Catholic Church is kind of like that, where they say these are the rules, and you got to follow them in order to get the blessings you want to to get in God's good graces, whatever it is. Okay. So that's why the Catholic Church is big on like baptisms, right? Mm-hmm. You have to be baptized. Otherwise, who knows what's going to happen to your soul in the afterlife, right? So that's why they do the infant baptisms and everything. So get this. There's a a priest in Detroit. His name is uh, Father Matthew Hood. That's he's not terribly. Uh, you don't need to remember the name, but here's the deal: 
He's a priest in the Catholic Church, and he happened to have a video of when he was baptized as an infant, and this is from, like, 1990. Like, he had one of those old-school camcorder recorded his baptism, and he's, I guess, watching it in the way you would a wedding video or something. So he, he was watching it, and he realized that the guy who baptized him said something a little different, because normally when you do a Catholic church baptism, you say, I baptize dot, 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 dot. Mm -hmm. But for a little while, some churches use the phrase, we baptized, kind of saying our entire community baptizes this child. Like, uh, as one of the writers on my side said, it's kind of a spiritual version of it takes a village. So this priest said, we baptized Father Matthew Hood, who's an Mm -hmm. infant right now, not I baptize. But here's the thing. This year, earlier this year, um, there's the arm of the Catholic Church that used to be way back when responsible for the Inquisition. That was bad. They rebranded. They're now known as the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith. They kind of set the rules and stuff. And what they said this year is that any baptisms that said we baptize instead of I baptize, anything that used the old formula like that, Mm -hmm. they're invalid. They don't count. What the fuck? And so basically what they're saying is those wrong words never really became part of the Catholic Church. That's stupid. And the thing about this is if you're Father Matthew Hood and you realize, but that's how I was baptized. If you follow this to its logical conclusion, it gets wild. Okay, so hear me out on this. If he was baptized using a a ritual, a formula Uh that was invalid... He was not baptized. Yeah, Dottie gets it. Then, if he's not baptized, it means he's not really a Christian. He's not like because he wasn't baptized in the faith. And if he's not a Christian, he can't be a priest. And he can't like get a promotion within the church because he was never actually baptized. Like his entire life is a lie. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I just think it's very dumb. I just want to be on record that this is extremely yeah. stupid. But wait, it gets better because now imagine this. This guy has been a priest for a little while now. He's been doing, he's been holding mass. He's been baptizing other people. Oh, no. <laughs> His whole community is fake Christians. That's right. <laughs> so basically, if you took your first communion at a mass that he was running... No, you didn't, because it didn't come from someone who was actually a priest. If you made a confession to him and he said, God forgives you if you do the following or whatever, God did not forgive you. No, God does not forgive you. (laughs) Now, I should say, Father Matthew Hood, he got rebaptized in 2020. (laughs) But that means everything up until that point, if you follow his religious logic, everything up until that point was a lie. And again, just continuing to follow this. What if someone in his church was dying and he performed the last rites, which is a sacrament, which is important. Mm -hmm. No, he didn't because he's not really a priest, which means that person is in hell on a technicality. Yeah, um, it almost leads one to think that organized religion is pretty stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And so the Archdiocese of Detroit is trying to comfort everyone 
before they jump off a ledge here. Basically oh saying, look, God. if you made every effort on your end to to try to do the baptism, to, to have your sins forgiven, God is deeply pleased by that. If you tried in good faith to do all these things, mm-hmm. don't worry about it. You're okay. But here's the problem with that. According Everything? to the rules of the Catholic Church, no, they're not okay. So what do you like? What does the Catholic Church want you to do? Go through the rituals because they are deeply important and required, or try your best to do them because God just wants you to try. Yeah, like you can't have it both ways. You can't say the rituals are a must for mm-hmm. practicing Catholics, and also say no. Nah, if you just tried hard, it's okay. So they're stuck in a logical mess of their own creation. <laughs> um, <laughs> the the journalist uh, Thomas Reese, who writes for the National Catholic Reporter, like a Vatican kind of uh, reporting on the Catholic Church, basically used that computer password analogy. The Vatican is treating the traditional words of baptism like a computer password. Without it, you cannot get into the church. So you cannot say that right. those baptisms were valid or that anything this priest did was valid. And by the way, that applies to every priest now who got baptized using the we baptized language. Right. And again, I'm with you. All of this is silly. Like it's all silly on the surface, but if you are Catholic to the point where you take their BS seriously, Mm -hmm. then how is this not serious? Like the consequences of this stupid rule really (laughs) do have ripple effects within the Catholic cinematic universe. (laughs) This I mean, really tracing it back to the beginning, it's wild that, <clears throat> excuse me, that they said, oh, if you got, if, if they said this word wrong, we're invalidating all of that. Like, you would think the Catholic Church would be in the business of keeping people Catholic. Yeah. I mean, but, and the way they keep them Catholic is saying, here are the things everyone around the world has mm-hmm. to do. It's kind of the same reason we've talked about this before. They have priest shortages in certain parts of the world. Right. And one way to one way to find priests, if that's what you need, is saying, listen, if you want to be married, like you could still be a Catholic priest if you follow all the other rules. But again, that goes against the Catholic Church. That's why the Pope has said, no, that's not an option. We must require priests to be men. They must uh, take this vow of celibacy. Like, that is a thing in the Catholic Church. And if you're not going to follow those rules, then why are you having those rules? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I mean, obviously, people don't, might not, if they want to believe what they want to believe, they're not going to try to poke holes in their own religion. But it's just hard for me to hear this story and not think, well, don't you see the connection of, at one point, they thought God wanted us to say we, and now they're like, oh, JK, I got a text from God, and he said, no, you have to say I. They don't see that as a man-made fallacy and not instructions handed down by a higher power? Like, how did they, how does the connection not happen there? Like, I, I'm kind of shocked this doesn't lead to a crisis of faith. Yeah, I... <laughs> I think they're really trying hard to just wipe away the implications of all this and pretend, you guys, it's not a big deal. Except it totally is a big deal. If you follow the rules that they created, (laughs) then you can't do it. Like, what's the 
it, it's what do you call it? like a bush league play in baseball or something right. like right. it's maybe technically it's allowed but it's bad behavior like you don't want the game to be played that way right. and if you want to honor the rules of the game then right. then honor them stick to them um yeah it's a silly story but it really does have big implications if anyone yeah, cares that's really interesting um, I have one more story that has to do with the Catholic Church, and then I will move on from the Catholic Church and talk about something even worse, Donald Trump. But uh, this is a story that came across, came to my attention in Italy. So a woman who, uh, she heard that she had an abortion, but year, like a while later, she was wondering, like, what happens to the fetal remains? I mean, most hospitals, if they perform an abortion, uh, they have to get rid of the fetal remains in the uh, like proper health conscious way. Right. It's, it's um, biohazard. Yes. And so I believe in Italy, and I don't know what the rule is here in Italy. If the fetus itself was up to like 20 weeks old, they have to incinerate it, cremate it hmm. um, at some point. But if it's older than that, the law says it has to be buried. We can argue the law, but that's the law in Italy. But here's the thing. If a hospital has to do the work of burying it, it costs money. Mm-hmm. And sometimes other groups will say, we'll take care of that for you. We'll follow the rules. But we could take these remains off your hands mm-hmm. like a garbage service. <laughs> like we could take it off your hands and we'll do it for a cheaper price than it would cost you to do it on your own. So the hospitals are like, yeah, we're fine with that. Mm-hmm. Um, like they're not breaking any rules by doing this. It's mm-hmm. fine. It turns out some of the groups that are offering these services are like conservative Catholic groups. And it turns out they've taken a lot of these fetal remains and then held a little burial service for them. And not just a symbolic service, like they have put up crosses, gravestone markers with the mother's name on it. Oh, yeah. And this is what a woman saw when she was walking through the graveyard. She never consented to this. She never said it was okay. I don't know or care. And it's none of my business why she chose to have the abortion, but she did. And whatever thoughts she had about it are hers. But she said, yeah, she saw that gravestone and her name on it. And she's like, what the hell is this? I never offered permission to the hospital that this is, I was okay with this. That's a breach of privacy. Mm -hmm. Um, A major one. That woman said, her uh, her name is not Francesca, but that is the pseudonym they gave her. Nobody told me the fetus would be buried. Nobody asked me if I wanted a burial, and nobody got my permission to put my name on a cross. I can't tell you what a horrendous feeling it is to find a cross with your name on it. Jesus, yeah. There was a uh, pro-choice group that is filing an investigation with the government. I don't know how seriously to take that and what mm-hmm. will happen. But the person who runs that organization said... The public shaming of women who have gone through a legal therapeutic abortion, an intimate and private choice of self-determination that no one has any right to comment on. This is a very serious act of institutional violence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I fucked up, man. The story that came to my mind when I heard this, remember like years ago when the Mormon church was baptizing dead, dead? Jews? Yeah. yeah. 
like we're gonna baptize i don't know if they did it to Anne frank but like we're gonna baptize Anne frank posthumously mm-hmm. so that she'll be okay and of course the implication there is there was something wrong with her that needed to be fixed right this didn't come and they did this to other holocaust victims and like their families who found out about this were apoplectic they're like we didn't say this was okay stop baptizing my relative my ancestor because of like i did not say this was okay for you to do and the mormon church had a scandal and they're like we're totally gonna stop doing that um after the public outcry but that's exactly the thing it's like it's not your body it doesn't matter if they're dead you don't get control over it i don't care you you can pray from a distance Mm -hmm. but when you are physically invading their personal space yeah and like you said a breach of privacy in some cases like it's just thoughtless why I, I know they're trying to help but like um it wasn't just jews i think it was other people too but specifically it's like these are people who i think in their minds they were like obviously the holocaust victims didn't do anything wrong oh. but they may be in hell and we want to save them so let us baptize them so they can get into um the the happy place sounds like a publicity stunt to me hammett i there were some cases like that if if i give them the benefit of the doubt, which I don't know that any of these people deserve. They think they're genuinely helping. But again, when you are, I don't care what your thoughts are. Like when you get into their space, when you are doing these rituals to their bodies mm-hmm. with their names, not just in your mind, but publicizing the fact that you are doing this. Mm-hmm. And in this case in Rome, putting the mother's name on the gravestone, not just a symbolic thing which would be weird enough but i guess you could do that in your own space but like go into a cemetery and putting up a gravestone like that just crosses any line of good taste yeah and it's you have to wonder like these people who are like yeah yeah, it's really important to us to give these fetal remains a proper burial like are they doing the same thing with every like unclaimed body and every homeless person like if their priority is to make sure everybody gets it the christian burial that they so richly deserve then why stop at fetal remains why not like go to county morgues and i'm sure there's unclaimed bodies i'm sure there's homeless people who die and aren't claimed or you know just people who don't have anybody around to claim them go Mm -hmm. fucking bury them and baptize them like why stop there yeah stupid it is. Um, let's talk about Trump. Um, okay. And I'm, I'm going to avoid... I don't want to spend too much time on the debate itself, mm-hmm. the vice presidential debate, but um, I mean, I hope it... I don't know whose minds is changing at this point. Yeah, it, it's... Yeah. Uh, even the fly was the only happy thing in my life this week. You know what I mean? The fly like it's, was very good. The, it's the stupid, speed. it's harmless, and we can all share in a collective laugh. That mm-hmm. was the fun part. The seed of Kamala gifts was also excellent. Yeah. <laughs> she is so expressive in a way that just... Because I'm very similar. Like, I cannot... Like, everything I'm thinking shows up on my face. Yeah. I can very much relate to, like, her just like, what? What are you saying to me right now? Like, it's... Anytime there's a split-screen debate, which is all the presidential debates and stuff, and you could see both people at all times. Oh, my God. Like, you are... 
I mean, they did it during the first debate. I have to think she knew that was going to happen for the the vice presidential debate. Like, it's stupid to not react in real time to what someone is saying. By the way, I've gotten this advice if you for if you ever go on like cable news for anything too, which is assume the camera is always on you, even mm-hmm. though you might only be on screen for like ten seconds. Yeah. Assume it's always on you. And friggin' react to everything. Don't give a blank, stoic face. Yeah. I want to see you go like, what the hell are you talking about? Even if you're not saying it. Because, uh-huh. like, you're not interrupting them if you're just making faces. Right, right, And right. it's more expressive. And I thought Kamala Harris did a good job of, like, giving the appropriate reactions. Right. Without doing the Trump thing of interrupting everything Pence was saying, even though I'm sure she totally wanted to. So I like yeah. that. Um, let me talk about Trump's... Trump's COVID drug crisis. Yes, I'm very excited to talk about this. (laughs) So the story here is after Trump got COVID and he went to the hospital, he supposedly, uh, no one knows what his medical, no one knows what happened to him in the hospital. Mm -hmm. Like they're not telling us a lot of details and that is frightening. But one thing we were told is that he took this experimental like drug cocktail Mm -hmm. made by a company called Regeneron, which he thinks is the name of the drug, which it's not. Oh really? Yeah. (laughs) So Trump is like, I took Regeneron. Regeneron's the, it's like, no, that's the company that makes it. Um, Like you don't buy Amazon. You buy stuff from (laughs) I took a Pfizer. Yeah, exactly. And so anyway, the Regeneron, injection that he took this experimental treatment that he claims it made me all better i'm gonna make it freely available to everybody which is not what he's gonna do nope um the story that came out is okay let's suppose for a second it did help him and he did get better Mm -hmm. it turns out regeneron has said the tests like obviously they have to do a lot of testing to create a drug that could work but what goes on in a lab at any of these pharmaceutical companies is that they're testing a lot of options they have to see what the side effects might be what happens if you change a little bit of the stuff how do you minimize the side effects that you don't want all that stuff they said the particular thing we gave to trump that drug it was tested like the laboratory test that went into creating it required the use of kidney tissue from an abortion in the Netherlands in the 1970s. (gasps) And I just want to be clear on this. It's not saying like a baby was slaughtered to make the drug that Donald Trump took. That's not the case. It's saying like the research itself that leads to this type of, whether it's a vaccine or an antibody drug or whatever it is, we wouldn't have that without the research that relied on uh, fetal tissue and Mm -hmm. the stem cells that come from it. Mm -hmm. So basically, without that sort of research, Trump would not have had that drug. And Trump is the one going around saying, that drug is the thing that saved me. Well, you're absolutely right. And the other thing that I'm very confused about, uh, Ari, Trump with COVID is he keeps saying that like he's cured and the tests are going to come back negative and whatever. But like my, and I'm not particularly well-versed in like medical issues. I don't think you can like 
cure a virus, right? Yeah, like, he's using cure. There's no evidence that he got cured because we don't know his medical history. We don't even know if he's testing negative because the White House won't say it. And I feel like if there was a COVID test and Trump came up negative, they would be screaming it from the White right. House roof. And right. they're not. They're just like, I'm sorry, we cannot tell you what he tested that is his private information which is weird because they continuously told us he was testing negative up until he didn't right yeah like they're i understand hipaa is an important thing and you know hipaa has nothing to do with the president's health like you're yeah Um, yeah one one thing that people are pointing out is like I haven't heard any of Trump's evangelical advisors, the Christians who are always speaking out on his behalf. Uh-huh. No one has, of has, that I've seen has said like, oh, oh, Trump should never have taken this because the Trump administration and those Christians oppose research that involves uh, fetal tissues. Yeah. Just to be clear, um, they, they have blocked federal funding for the, that sort of research, like the Trump administration has blocked federal funding for the research that Trump is now relying on for mm-hmm. himself. And last year, um, after the Trump administration blocked scientists at the National Institutes of Health from conducting studies that relied on fetal tissue, mm-hmm. anti-abortion groups put out statements calling that a major pro-life victory. And none of those people have said anything about the utter hypocrisy here. Um, Henry Generon has been a little shady on this, saying like, well, the thing we gave Trump did not rely on aborted fetuses. But they've also said in the same sentence that drug exists because of research that did rely on it. To me, part of the thing that came to my mind is it's like if you're telling a vegetarian you can eat this burger mm-hmm. because the cow is already dead. Yeah. And I think if you're a vegetarian you would say it's I'm not going to eat that. It doesn't matter that it's already happened. Right. Like that would still be eating meat which opposes this principle that I have. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing if you're opposed to fetal tissue research then you should oppose anyone using medicine that relies on fetal tissue research. Especially say, someone well, at high profile. Yeah, you can't can't just say, well, it happened in the 1970s, so we'll let that slide. We just want to stop it from here on out. Like, that is still a hypocrisy. You admit that it was useful and helpful, but apparently when other people might benefit from it, it's like, nope, it's wrong. Yeah. Like, you should allow it. We should... It Saying that is like saying you don't want to be an organ donor. Like, it's not like they are having abortions to acquire the fetal tissues. Right. This is what Planned Parenthood got in trouble for wrongly years ago because the right wing kept saying, like, Planned Parenthood is selling fetal tissue. Right. That's not true. What they were actually doing is saying if an abortion was performed, they could dispose of the remains, like, uh, ethically, legal, or whatever the biohazard issues are. Yeah. They knew how to do it. But there were researchers that said, hey, if you have the tissue, we'll buy it from you because we could do uh, uh, research from it, not buy it from them. They'll say, we'll pay for the shipping and handling if you will give it to us. Mm-hmm. And they did. They paid for the shipping and handling. And people are like, they're buying abortions. And it's almost it's like those people are intellectually dishonest. Completely intellectually dishonest. And by not allowing Planned Parenthood to give those remains to researchers, you're 
blocking research that could genuinely help people live, which I thought would be a pro-life thing. I am wrong. No, once you're born, who gives a fuck? Yeah. So I just want to point out that hypocrisy. And I, again, it's been many days and not a single white evangelical or conservative Catholic that always defends Trump has said anything to explain any of this. Neither, by the way, have Republicans who oppose that research. Yeah, their silence is deafening at this point. Something else Trump said this week is that catching COVID was a blessing from God. (laughs) He said it was like the best thing that could have happened to him. He said, quote, I think this was a blessing from God that I caught it. This was a blessing in disguise. So he's calling that a blessing in disguise, which I have to imagine if you're anyone in the families of like the 210,000 people and counting who have died from the virus so far, you got to take that one personally. Uh Like, oh, COVID is a blessing. Right, right. I'm sure grandma felt that way. (laughs) What is he saying about the victims that like what they deserve to die, but you get to live? What was his point, actually? Like he doesn't have one. He's just talking. I think someone told him you need your white evangelical voters and your conservative religious base to vote for you. You need them to come out because you're losing everybody else. So now anytime he talks, he goes out of his way to mention God Mm -hmm. and how he's like promoting an anti-abortion justice and all that stuff. He's trying to make it explicit because he's got nothing else to run on. Right. And so just the God talk is is ramping up on his end because he what's he going to say? Like, look at my record on racism. No, (laughs) he has nothing else to rely on. Um, But yeah, just the idea that his blessing makes sense. He's kind of using that as an excuse for why Republicans have refused to tackle the COVID crisis. Because if the virus is a blessing for him, it almost suggests there's no reason to fight it. You don't need to wear masks if you don't want to. You don't need to rush through some sort of mandate for everybody because it's a blessing. This is just God's plan. Right. Yeah. Oof. That's not a great thing. I actually have a quick little thing. Um, Eric Trump, the... I was going to say the worst Trump child, but God, that's a five-way tie, huh? A tie for first, yeah. Um, he told he was on a uh, North Dakota radio show. Um, it's called "What's on Your Mind" um, with Scott Hennen. And if the and- show was "What's on Your Mind," I don't know why you would invite Eric Trump. <laughs> Good one. But I'm. He said that his father literally saved Christianity. That is a quote, unquote. Literally. He said the Democratic Party, the far left, has become the party of the, quote, atheists, and they want to attack Christianity. They want to close churches. They're totally fine keeping liquor stores open. Um, Yeah, it's just. (laughs) (laughs) I I was trying to figure out what's the dumbest thing he said in that entire crazy rant, just, just to point out the obvious, because he said Democrat, the democratic party has become the party of the atheist. Like I atheists, wish. Don't, atheists don't run the democratic party. I wish yeah. too. like, there's literally one open atheist in Congress. Right. Joe Biden is devoutly Catholic. Mm-hmm. Nancy Pelosi is Catholic. Mm-hmm. Um, democratic leader, the head of the DNC is Catholic. Well, and every Pence- Democrat is pretty much religious. Certainly every Democratic leader is openly 
yeah religious during the debate pence tried to like call her faith kamala's faith into into question and she did not take kindly to it like there is there is no re- and obviously people on the right are past reason at this point but there's no reasonable take that says that Democrats are like the party of atheists. It's dumb. It's stupid. I hate yeah, it. Yeah, that part is dumb alone. And then the idea that Trump literally saved Christianity, but even metaphorically saved Christianity. Like, from what? What did Christianity need saving from? Because churches could and can still meet. Right. I mean, we would hope they're doing it virtually, like schools have to do, because getting in to close proximity and indoor spaces is stupid right now. Right. But like no one's shutting down churches. They're doing the same thing they do everywhere, which is don't meet in large groups for stuff. That's not shutting down churches. That's like the direct result of Donald Trump's ineptitude. Yes. There are also like, what else? What did we cancel Christmas? Did, was there a, was did the war? Is it over? And Trump saved it? No. Like, I don't understand what Trump did to save Christianity other than he's a president who basically tells the Christian right, you owe me because mm-hmm. I don't know why, because I allowed you in here. Um, and if you saved Christianity as if it was under attack, I want to know, like, which group do you think got the, the got the big stick there? Who do you mm-hmm. want to trade places with that you think has it so good while Christianity is under attack? I have no idea. They never answer that question. Um, But it's like, if look, if Christianity needed Donald Trump to save it, that's like saying the Republican Party needed Donald Trump to save them. Like, if you needed him on your side, there was nothing worth saving in the first place. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's just also disingenuous that it's infuriating. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's just what are we doing here? <laughs> like what if you have to four lie- more years only just four more years of this before president Eric Trump. Oh God. How could you? And you know, it would be Ivanka. <laughs> He's the only one he likes. Oh, um, wait, guys, I- we don't have to keep doing this. We could end this shit in like, um, can um did you hear what alex jones said uh what did he say now oh he has gone all the way off the deep end and he again uh uh-huh i didn't Um, know the deep end had its own deep end yeah well he's still yelling about hillary which is a (laughs) you know what this is from 2016 so forget it rue it uh let's talk about this this week the new york times wrote about the child separation policy mm. that came into effect under under this administration. Mm-hmm. And they had more details about it. One of them was that Attorney General Jeff Sessions, then Attorney General Sessions, and the Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein, um, here's what they knew about and said was okay. We're talking prosecuting children in court who were, and I'm quoting, barely more than infants, allowing like ICE agents to take quote breastfeeding defendant moms away from their infants and basically passing the buck when it comes to the welfare of children. Like we got more details about this. Yeah. Monstrous, cruel policy that Republicans are totally fine with. And I, the thing that came to my mind when I read that besides just the, how 
cruel so many of these people are. And remember, Rosenstein is like one of the supposed heroes of this administration. He's the guy who appointed Robert Mueller to do that investigation. But no, he's part of the same group of people that said, yeah, screw it. Separate the families. Like he's also a bad guy here. But I rem- I was thinking back to how did Jeff Sessions defend any of this when it was first discovered in 2018? And the answer is, if you recall, he quoted the Bible to do it. He said, like, Romans 13 says we have to obey the laws of the government and we should listen to what the Bible says. Like, they That's use heavy. the Bible to justify this cruelty. Mm-hmm. And again, White evangelical Christians are voting for Donald Trump, according to the polls right now, at the same rate they voted for him for real in 2016. Like, they haven't changed. Right. And plenty of conservative religious groups are voting for him as well. I know they didn't give a shit about any of this in 2018, but what's appalling is they still don't care now. Like, how... Imagine how... There's a famous quotation, like, I'm going to butcher it here, but, you know... For bad people, for good people to do bad things, that takes religion. This is such a good example of that. Where I think if you just said on paper, these random strangers are kidnapping children, they're taking them away from their parents for no good reason. Mm -hmm. I think any decent person would be like, "That's horrible. That needs to stop." Right. But because it's the Trump administration. They can do no wrong. And because it's like brown refugees, yeah, (laughs) those same Christians are like, yeah, we're fine with this. It's not enough to raise our heckles about. Some of them would like oppose it on paper, but like they're still supporting this. Again, Mm -hmm. it's not that evangelical leaders like supported family separation. They they actively said it was wrong, Mm -hmm. but they refuse to back away their support from the candidate who made it happen. So again, they are all complicit in this stuff because they're going to say for years after all this shit is done, they'll be like, that was wrong. We opposed it at the time. Like bullshit. You voted for the guy. Still voted for the guy after you knew about this. And you're telling people to vote for the party that allowed this to happen. Like just because you said, put out a press release saying family separation is wrong. Mm -hmm. That is not a way to give like, don't let them off the hook for this. Yeah, it feel it feels so like pearl clutchy, right? Of like, oh, what are how could this terrible thing is happening? Is there anything to be done about it? Nobody can do and like they kind of act like it's a sort of foregone conclusion and there's nothing to be done. But we know there's shit to be done and it like if if the evangelical group that supported him that basically voted him into office said to him, you are going to lose evangelicals if you do not stop this horrible, cruel practice, he probably would have done it. Like, that, he he is going to kowtow to them. Mm -hmm. And And they they actually took that to its furthest conclusion and said, we are going to oppose you. We're going to vote for your opponent because that's the like that's like a double vote. It's not just we're going to stay at home. It's right. we're going to not give you a vote and we're going to give the other guy a vote. It's right. like a two vote swing. And we're going to ask people to do that in a legal way, not from the pulpit, but in our personal capacities. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to do that if you go through with this. They never did that. Remember, like for the entire administration had like four Republicans, three or four Republicans gotten senators gotten together 
and said, we're going to oppose every judicial nominee you put forth and we're going to vote with the Democrats on them. Not because we don't like them. We wish they would get appointed. But on principle, if you don't do the following things that we need you to do, like mm-hmm. be a decent human being, we're going to oppose them on principle until you. they had the power. The yeah. Jeff Flake and Susan Collins and all those people, Mitt Romney, could have gotten together and said that. And they never did. And they always had that power. That is the corruptness of the entire party, because those are the people who aren't batshit crazy. They're the ones who occasionally do the right thing. Right. But despite that power, they never chose to use it because, again, they're fine with family separation or at least they're not bothered enough. by. And this goes for every single person voting for Trump. It's not that you're necessarily racist. It's that Trump's racism and his cruelty and his bigotry don't bother you enough Mm -hmm. to not give him your support this time around. That's on you as the voter. Mm -hmm. Like that's the moral dilemma. These people should have if they could bring themselves to think that way. I I hope this, I mean, the one, there's nothing good. The one silver lining from all of this, I hope is that for generations to come decades to come, at least like Trump and everything he did hangs around the necks of conservative religious groups forever. Like they can never say we are the party of family values or moral decency because they're not because they supported him and his awfulness. Mm -hmm. And I hope that doesn't go away. Like I'm sure they will run away from it if he loses and say like, well, I didn't really support him, but like they did when it counted, they did. And they should be held accountable for that, at least in the court of public opinion. Right. Yeah, man, it's, But but also we're just relying on people who have shown that they are unreliable, right? Like, I don't know. It's just hard to imagine that anybody's going to have a, forgive the expression, come to Jesus moment about all this, Mm -hmm. unless they're held in account of, of their actions and what people did on their behalf. Yeah. And I can't, you, I cannot count on religious leaders, conservative religious leaders, to do the right thing. They never have, but like, they're obviously bad at it now. Right. And I mean, I will say there are plenty of religious leaders who are on the right side of this. They're fighting the good fight. Mm -hmm. You can disagree with their theology, but their values seem to overlap with ours, with progressives in general. I think just today there was a, not a petition, like a statement in support of Joe Biden signed by 1,600 religious leaders. Oh, yeah, I did see that. One of the biggest such statements so far. And again, will you recognize many of the names on that list? Maybe not. They don't Mm -hmm. have the high profile of like a Franklin Graham or someone Mm -hmm. like that. But they reach a large crowd and they're saying, look, our values are very much opposed to Trump. And you don't see Franklin Graham doing that. You don't see all those conservative evangelical leaders doing that either. And they should be held accountable for that. Like they can always fleece their flock, but for everyone else, I hope these videos come back to haunt them. I hope their first line of all of these people's obituaries is they had a chance to do the right thing, but they supported Trump. And and over and over again, it's not like it was one moment of like, oh, this is it. We've come to the apex of his cruelty. It has been four years of horrible event after horrible event that they have remained silent for. And, and I hope they pay for that with their careers. Yeah. Um, 
I got one last story for you here, which is so my yeah. chat, but my meeting got bumped to eleven thirty, so I'm good Woo-hoo. for a while. Yeah. Um, yeah, here's the the last story I wanted to bring up, which is earlier this week. Yeah, remember Kim Davis, the Rowan County clerk who said, I'm Christian, I can't give you marriage. And her bank I know, I know. She said, I'm not gonna issue same-sex marriage licenses and sign my name to the certificate uh-huh. um because it goes against my faith. Which who cares about your faith? You're a government ele- you're an elected official and this is the law. Mm-hmm. And that was a whole thing for years. And the Two of the couples who wanted same-sex marriage licenses and were rejected by her are suing her in her personal capacity. They want to seek damages from her. And her argument is that she has, like, qualified immunity, like a cop, in order... Like, I was just in my government position. You cannot sue me. That's her argument. And she's lost. Like the courts have said, no, these guys can totally sue you. It's fine. Mm -hmm. And she, her lawyers asked the Supreme court to reverse that saying, yeah, you got to let her off the hook here. Right. The Supreme court this week said, we're not taking up this case, which is like what they do in most cases. Mm -hmm. Like we're not going to listen to this one. Um, There's no issue that we need to resolve. Usually the Supreme court steps into a case when they feel like, one side of the country, one court said this, someone else using the same law said something else. We mm-hmm. need to step in and resolve this issue. That's theoretically when you want the Supreme Court to step in. And here they felt there was nothing on the table for them to resolve. Mm-hmm. So they just said, we're not listening to the case. Mm-hmm. So that's good. The It doesn't mean anyone won or lost. It means the lower court case stands. The lawsuits themselves can now proceed as scheduled. So fine. But here's the story that happened. If you look at the actual uh, Supreme Court list of orders that came out where they said, here's how we're dealing with a bunch of these cases. We're accepting these two. We're saying no to the following 900, which is what they all look like. (laughs) At the very back of that list was a two page like statement, uh, maybe a little longer, but a, a short statement from two justices, Clarence Thomas and Samuel Alito, saying look, we agree the Kim Davis case should not be taken up by this court right now. Mm -hmm. Um, But they did want to point out same-sex marriage is wrong. Mm -hmm. And specifically what they said is that in the Obergefell case that legalized same-sex marriage nationwide, the court read a right to same-sex marriage into the 14th Amendment, even though that right is found nowhere in the text. Davis, Kim Davis, may have been one of the first victims of this court's cavalier treatment of religion in its Obergefell decision, but she will not be the last. And then Clarence Thomas wrote, the court has created a problem that only it can fix. Until then, Obergefell will continue, and he was quoting his old statement here, Obergefell will continue to have ruinous consequences for religious liberty. Mm-hmm. Now, outside of legalese there, what Clarence Thomas was writing and what Sam Alito was joining on to was basically saying, because the Obergefell decision that legalized same-sex marriage nationwide, because the Supreme Court said it's okay, mm-hmm. they're saying that was the wrong decision. Mm-hmm. And if we had the choice to go back, we would overturn it. Now, well, they tried this, to at, at the time. They already they tried to at like, the time. We yes. know, guys, you already wrote, wrote your dissent. That's right. And four people dissented at the time. One of the, those two, 
John Roberts dissented in that case. He's still on the court. And so you have to assume there are three people that if they had the option, they would overturn uh, the Obergefell case, in which case same-sex marriage would be up to the states, in which case like half the states in the country would just say no because they have Republican legislatures. Right, right, right. And and what would happen to the currently married gay couples? Who knows? But just to point out, just because those two guys signed off on this statement doesn't mean the others didn't feel that way. Because remember, we now have Gorsuch on the court. You now have Kavanaugh on the court. You're about to have Amy Coney Barrett on the court, who definitely opposes Obergefell, and who has said she's basically like a female Antonin Scalia, who very much was opposed to uh, gay rights. So, I mean, those two justices signed on to this letter, but the writing is on the wall. If this court ever gets the chance to overturn marriage equality, they would do it in a heartbeat. They don't care who it hurts, who it affects. And Kim Davis, this particular case with Kim Davis may not have been the right vehicle for them to do it, but they're basically telling conservative lawyers, give us something we can work with. Mm -hmm. Kim Davis is insane. And this case is insane, but give us something and we would love to overturn it. Like, this is what happens when you elect Republicans. Mm-hmm. These are the justices you get. Mm-hmm. This is why Democrats should totally expand the court. It's not even a question. It's not just a writing of wrongs from Republicans stealing seats. It's if you want, uh, elect, if you elect a Democratic president and a Democratic Senate, anything good that they do will be overturned by a conservative Supreme Court and a conservative supermajority on the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. Nothing will stay put unless you expand this court right now. And I don't care if that leads to an arms race. I kind of, if Joe Biden wins and Democrats pull off the Senate, good luck to Republicans trying to take over again. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I'll take that risk. Let Democrats expand the court, even if that opens the door to more packing later on. Yeah. Like I'm fine with it. Cause this is what the future looks like right now. Even something like marriage equality is on the chopping block now. Still, yeah. you would think it's baked into the system. It's not. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think I've been really, really happy and struggling with like, you know, the dirtbag left who are anti-Joe Biden and things like that. And like, listen, marriage equality, women's right to choose are on the ballot. Voting rights, civil rights, voter suppression issues. This is, this is, listen, I want socialized medicine just as much as anybody else does. What I really want is to make sure that my two best friends still have a marriage at the end of this thing. Like, that feels pretty fucking pressing, don't you think? Like, Yeah, I think I said this last week, too. It, I'm, I'm grateful enough that I feel like with my life the way it is, I am in a position where the things Donald Trump does, the things the Supreme Court do, usually don't affect me personally. Mm-hmm. And I'm grateful for that. I'm lucky in that sense. Mm-hmm. But I know way too many people who are directly affected by their decisions and their cruelty. And again, I- I'm trying to imagine all those people fighting for progressive causes who are shooting themselves in the foot by saying Biden fails our purity test. So I'm going to vote for fucking third party Joe Joe Jorgensen, like Ken bone. What the fuck? But yeah, like those. Oh Oh my God. Wait, wait, stop everything. Guess what? I just found out yesterday. Why? Ken bone. If anybody remembers, he in red sweater, dude, sweater was an undecided voter. He ended up voting for Clinton, whatever. Yeah. 
I was born in the year 1985. I am 35 Uh years old. Uh Ken Bone was a year younger than I am right now in 2016. He was born in 1982. And that fact blew my fucking mind. I thought he was in his 40s. I just like... I, it genuinely was a thing that shook me to my core. He's three years older than me. How old is Stephen Miller? The guy he's who came up with the separation age. policy? I think he's 85 too. He, what year was he born, Miller? Stephen Miller. By the way, Stephen Miller getting COVID was oh, gorgeous. Twitter. Yeah, he's, oh. he's, my age. he's 35. Yeah, he's younger than me and he looks like he's 20 years older than me and that whole thing of like Dear God, how are you younger than me and radically, radically conservative? Yeah. I cannot understand that. Hate will do that to a person. Jerry Fisher is 39. He's younger than my husband. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, getting back to the point of like, don't if, your purity test. I know. I know Joe Biden is not the progressive I wanted him to be. Not my first choice in the primaries or my like top five, maybe. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Neither was Kamala Harris, but also, as, come on. As, as this election is going on, I am beginning to, like, again, I I am far to the left of Joe Biden. However, I do understand his value in this particular moment because what we need is to bring over, we, we need somebody that never Trumpers are going to feel comfortable voting for. And so I'm seeing his value. I'm seeing his just, like, innate kindness the way he exudes kindness and like yes i know he did shitty shit in his past but like yeah, yeah, yeah. He seems he presents as a very decent person which is i think extremely appealing to to undecided voters he tries hard even when he screws up but yes. the difference is i think now he kind of understands more about the pressures that are on him where just being decent isn't enough sure um and i think he's he's I'm not ready to write him off as a progressive, as a force for progressive policies, mm-hmm. um, but he needs to get elected first for that yeah. to have any chance of happening. By all means, the first day he's in office, yeah, we're going to push him to accept Medicare for all. Like, we can yeah. continue to push him to the left. It worked in 2016, it worked with Hillary. Like, she. Have you, yeah. Have you had this thought? I, I've kept thinking this. Both of us were strongly in support of Elizabeth Warren earlier. Part of me is like, Man, I'm I know that if she won the primary, I can just imagine what this campaign would look like. Every commercial would look like like how they would be attacking her or Bernie Sanders or anybody. And I feel like Joe Biden winning the primary threw the entire Republican establishment off their game because all the anti-woman, anti-person of color attacks, all Mm -hmm. the socialist like they're trying to use socialist on joe biden which is is a joke to everyone on the left but yeah it's just like you can't throw stuff at him because like he's absolutely the most known quantity in Mm -hmm. politics Mm -hmm. like no one is surprised by this guy you're not going to discover anything we haven't learned over 40 years right yeah Um, it's i don't know man Oh, what do you think about the whole uh, the third debate or the yeah the third debate coming up? The next debate, which could be virtual but may not happen at all. Yeah. So uh, if you haven't been paying strict attention, like Kevin and I have, essentially the election. Excuse me. The it was supposed to be a town hall. It was supposed to be a town hall, and the 
committee that runs debates, which is a nonpartisan group, was like, hey, guess what? One of the candidates has a deadly, very contagious disease. Maybe we shouldn't put him in a room with a bunch of fucking people. And so they said we should do it virtually. And Joe Biden was like, great, can't wait. And Trump was like, absolutely not. And so now Joe Biden is like, all right, like, fine. Then I, I mean, I, I think they should, one, they should give Joe Biden, just give him that time. It was already going to be nationally televised. Just give him that time. I think it's just going to be a one station town hall now. But um, I think I, I think what Trump is trying to do is he knows now how badly that first debate was for him. Like, mm-hmm. imagine being Trump and losing more support like now. Like, what do you have to do to lose people now after right. four years of this shit? Right. And he did. He lost people now. And so he, he wants people to turn away from him. Yeah. The debate? Yes. Huh. And I think he's like, I don't want to debate because it's not going to help me. Right. But I also can't say that. Right. So he's trying to be above it all saying like, oh, Biden's a coward. We got to do it in person, setting unhealthy standards for what that debate needs to be. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, well, we'll do it virtually and you could have the debate. Right. No, I, it's not the way it's supposed to be done as if that's like Trump's thing so i think he's just trying to get out of it but he has to come up with an excuse that makes him seem superior right and i've seen a lot of people saying oh he won't do it because there's a mute button and i genuinely don't think it's even that deep i think he just thinks that he would look weak if he if he had to admit that he is sick enough that he should not be surrounded by people because it's not even just the two candidates, the moderator and the, the audience, like the crew that it takes to put on a debate like this from like the yeah. people on the stage to the camera crews. There are a lot of people who would be put at a huge, um, a huge risk because he demands that we do this. So it, I, it's a hundred percent the right call. It's undoubtedly the right call. And my favorite argument that people <laughs> were making was like, no, 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 no. Trump will be Trump will have tested negative for COVID many times before then, which is such <laughs> a wild supposition of like, well, yeah, he'll definitely be better by then. We like how, how <laughs> those how, words have never worked in the past. Yeah. Like, I don't understand. Once he's president, he won't be the crude, boorish yeah. asshole we've known him to be. Yeah. A 70 year old man will mature into the job. <laughs> right. Sure. Right. Yep. 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 Definitely. Definitely. I don't think the debate's going to happen. I think it'll just end up being a town hall for Biden while Trump hosts his rally. Um, and that, I mean, again, I don't even think the debate would accomplish anything significant, but also it shows you what a coward. I don't think anything's going to change at this point, but people who care should get their shit done. Go vote early, go submit your mail-in ballot now. Mm -hmm. Listen, as someone who has always voted on election day, when I vote Mm -hmm. like that's stupid now, like don't wait too much can go wrong. Don't wait, get it done. You have a long weekend coming up. Go take care of it. I don't get Monday off. Everyone gets Monday off because everyone's working. No, they're not. Um, Um, Yeah, uh, I don't know. Oh, do you think Pence has COVID? I believe every single person (laughs) associated with the White House at this point. I I think you have COVID until you prove me wrong. And I know Pence has... Negative tests. Exactly. And I think they've said for Pence, he has tested negative. But also, I, I... I don't know to but trust isn't that, that the fucked thing about this government is that we can't 
can, no matter what they say, they have proven utterly untrustworthy. So like, what am I supposed to, what am I supposed to do with that information? Like, you know, and I understand it's not like a pregnancy test that you can like show me the thing <laughs> and see if there's two lines or whatever, but like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think know. if I have this right, we're, t- we're taping this Friday morning. I think Friday night Trump is scheduled to go on like Hannity or something where like a Trump affiliated doctor is like, I will conduct a medical examination to show the world you are healthy. And it's like a do- one of those bad doctors who just says yeah. whatever Trump wants them to say. Yeah. They bought a white coat at a, <laughs> they bought a white coat at a costume shop. <laughs> yeah. Like his current doctor, the guy who's like, he's in great shape. Yeah. I'm sure. Like, yeah. And I'm going to sign the NDA and just tell you that. I don't remember who it was that said that, but one of somebody tweeted out a thing about like survival rates of COVID broken down by age. And he was like, um, you know, in 70 and up is this, but I would classify Trump as 40 to 50 because of his like rigor. Yeah. And it was, yeah. I created a gift because I needed to so bad of Twitter <laughs> from the community going, yeah, unless time is linear. Like it's just <laughs> the sh- like how how can they expect us to take them seriously? I did enjoy the photo ops they took of Trump signing a blank sheet of paper from the hospital so you could pretend like he's doing work. And why does he always have a fucking permanent marker? Why does he have a Sharpie? Always. I sign everything with a Sharpie now. I have a Sharpie in my kitchen to label bags, and that's literally the only time I use this Sharpie. Like, it's truly a wild thing that this man does. I don't know why that's bothering me right now, but here we are. <sighs> you guys, this could be over. Oh my God. This could I, be over so soon. Doesn't it feel like we've reached, we've reached like a fever pitch? You know, I thought that four years ago and I was I wrong. And I know I keep saying that. And I'm sure somebody has receipts of me saying that like once a month for the last four years. You know but what it, I read recently that, it's the one thing I've read in the past couple of weeks that really shook me. It's from a guy. I forgot his name and I apologize for that. He's a writer from Sri Lanka. And he basically said, you're kind of waiting for like normalcy to return. And I'm here to tell you, I've lived through like bad government and everything going to shit. Mm-hmm. And I'm just here to tell you, like it does, you don't, it doesn't happen in a day. He's saying, I have pictures from my twenties. I think he's like 30 now or something, but he's like, I have pictures from my twenties. It is me going out with my friends at a bar, hanging out with them and doing all this. Meanwhile, like the country was getting progressively worse in the middle of a war in uh, utter incompetence and poverty and stuff. He's like, my memories were fine because you could isolate that stuff but all this shit's going on around and you just realize, Oh yeah, I guess everything just sucks now. Yeah. And again, he's like, you're, you're thinking you're waiting for like the next shoe to drop. It's not, it's, you're just there. And again, I'm just saying like, it doesn't have to be that way. And it's scary to think how much bullshit we just get used to with this administration. And I know it's cliche to say this by now, but like whatever thing Trump does today would have been a giant shit storm for weeks year if it was several years ago or if obama did it then everything would be a thing but what does that tell you it tells you yeah we just kind of get used to a president tweeting like an insane man in all caps at all hours of the day and it's like yeah what did he say oh yeah i guess he is crazy today okay let me move on with my life and god we didn't even talk about there was a plot to kidnap a governor we didn't even just a side story side story yep how is exactly. that not the biggest story in the world? It's yeah. 
What? Like, and by the way, the president made fun of her. He didn't say that's horrible. He's like, well, she is a shitty governor. You like, know what? Really, kind of like I know. Of course, nothing can shock me anymore. But isn't it wild that he hasn't said shit about Melania? <laughs> like, how is the first lady doing? Because she has COVID. Has she COVID. is. Yeah. I, I I'm not surprised in the least. Yeah. Oh man. God. It's just. Yeah, and you're right. It's. Please vote. No longer surprising, but it's hard. And not again, to I'm vote. not asking you to change your mind. I'm saying most of you listening to us, if you're willing to listen to us, you're probably already liberal to some extent already. I'm saying get the damn ballot in. You will feel better. Mm-hmm. Um, don't wait till election day to stroll into a polling place. Yeah. At this point, that's reckless and irresponsible. Yeah. And, and you know Sign up for text banking. That's pretty easy to do. I did that. I just did that yesterday with a group of people. We're going to try to text bank in Arizona specifically. Nice. Yeah. um, My friend friend Anne has been doing it a lot and she says it feels really good. I've bet I'm the, um, the precinct committee person for my neighborhood. So I've been distributing voting information. So that's my contribution to everything. Um, but God, like my, my parents, both of my parents are phone banking. Yeah. My dad was a Republican until 2016. He's phone banking for Joe Biden. It is, is awesome. It is a real weird shift in my life. Um, yeah. And also, I think I've said this before, man, take care of your mental health. Shit is wild. I just... Uh, had a uh, meeting with my uh, with my therapist for the first time in like two years because I had some shit to deal with. Um, so make sure you're taking care of your mental health. And hey, Hammett, do you have anything good to talk about? Like a movie you saw or a book you read or a TV show? Oh, can we talk the about... The new Fleet Foxes album is very good. Oh, okay. Um, can we talk about how your uh, child called me and it made my entire day? <laughs> <laughs> So, they it, want to watch video at night. It's I give so, them my phone because I'm a horror. I um, FaceTime while we're recording this because the Squadcast feed is not great and we miss things a lot. And so I'm always on his like recently called list. And that means when his kids get a hold of his phone, they accidentally <laughs> call me a lot. <laughs> and so the other day I was, my phone was on the charger in the kitchen. And I was like kind of in the other room. And my phone starts ringing and Mikey, my husband's like, why is Hemant calling you? And I was like, it's his kids calling me again. And I like ran into the room and I was like, hey, kiddo. And and then he picks it up and he looks at me and goes, who are you? And I was like, yeah, child. he only knows brown people on the other side of that phone call. <laughs> and so very, very good. Also, I saw a movie I watched and like full on into spooky season. I watched a movie called um, Scare Me, which I loved. It was it's a really interesting, like horror genre movie. It's like basically two people in a cabin acting out stories to try to scare each other. It's extremely effective. It's very, very I really, really enjoyed it. And also The Lodge. Also very good. Big trigger warnings for suicide and pet death. But it is a great movie in terms of like spookiness. Anyway, that is all I have, I think. All right. Where do we find you? Oh, you can find me on Twitter at Blueberry, B-L-U-E-B-U-R-I-E. Um, yeah, that's, uh, you can email us. Yep. Yeah, email us at friendly podcast at gmail.com. Hammond is at Hammond Meta. Yep. 
go to friendly atheist sign up um i have a link to the substack newsletter that i started a little bit ago on oh, yeah. the show notes please sign up for that it's free for now but, I'm but not- i don't ask i don't ask you to give me any information just sign up you'll get a daily almost daily uh summary of what's going on in the news yeah it's been really good um, I have a, you can go on iTunes and give us a uh, five-star review. This review is from Maddie Bryant. Um, they said my favorite podcast. This is, this is the podcast I get the most excited for. And I listen to a lot. Me too, Maddie. I love the banter and the topics they cover a great listen for sure. Especially when I have to do my lame weekend, weekend apartment cleaning chores. Jessica's laugh makes me happy and heaven's deadpan delivery brings me pure joy. <laughs> Good work. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll be back next week, hopefully with all good news. Yep. 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 All right. Bye. (laughs) Bye.